Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. My name is Melody. And I'm Michael. And welcome to Whiskey no, Wine. No, 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 no? no I'm done. I'm You're done. done? I'm not doing I'm not doing that one. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Listen, listen, they know what it is. They've been here. Listen. We're not a fan of NPR-style cold you openings. Tell, I'm, I'm wearing Elvis pajamas. It's because we do um, Elvis Christmas around here. Okay, there we go. So anyways, welcome to Whiskey Wine Wonderland. Um, if you don't know what it is, uh, it's pretty much in the title. Whiskey, <laughs> whiskey Wine Wonderland. Uh, no, I like whiskey, she likes wine. You can read the, the, the description on the podcast, which is on Anchor. Uh, you can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, any places that play podcasts. Whiskey Wine Wonderland and the Tesla, I bet you. But We're there. <laughs> Basically, we um, drink whiskey and wine and uh, have a wonderland of of what? What's the what's the wonderland? Tell me what so, you <clears throat> at some point, we as humans, as grown ups, we lose the ability to find wonder in everyday things. You know, when you're when you're a toddler, the very first time you pet a dog and that fur is so soft and that dog just loves you for being you. You know, at some point in time, we lose the ability to appreciate those small things like that. Yeah. So, the goal of this is to bring wonder back into everyday life, you know? Wonder in where we go to eat, or what we fix at home, or just everyday adventures. Absolutely. Yeah. I think she said it. She hit it right on the nail. She said it. Well, before we recorded, she said that over there, and I was like, that's pretty much it, you know? And, like, we're not trying to... We don't have any rules to follow, per se, um... Other than I can't curse too much until <laughs> until 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 we get a beeper, you know what I mean. So bear with me. I need my little that. taboo buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> until we get the beeper, but uh, oh my gosh, I, I want to go grab what that. I, what I mean by that is is like oh, you know we don't we don't just do talk stuff. You know we, we're gonna do food and, and and videos and games and places and walks and talks and and, and workouts and cooking and ev- everything, right? And just record it and have a good time. And like she said, kind of bring out the wonder in that. Uh, like right now, for example, it's Christmas Eve 2022. We figured it was the best time to start our first episode. It'll be posted on YouTube on our channel, Whiskey Wine Wonderland, as well as on our podcast, uh, Whiskey Wine Wonderland. Um, and for she went to go get, I don't know what she went to go get, but as you can see, this is our tree, um, whiskey and wine, uh, and yeah, we'll take suggestions, we'll do whatever, anything, anything that wants to be done, um, it's just fun, we enjoy doing this and talking about things, reacting to things, judging things. I can't find it. Oh, sh- what'll happen? I was looking for the taboo buzzer so that I could bleep you, oh. but... I'm being good right now. <laughs> but anyways, and so the, right now we're here, but it could be anywhere. You know, it could be on the go. Uh, it could be a cooking one. It could be anything. So, uh, but Merry Christmas Eve 2022. Merry Christmas Eve. It is 8.20 p.m. Oh, my God. Uh, so I got a break for just a second. She's making chili, and it's like one of my favorite things that she makes. Um, and she's like, okay, it's almost here. I was like, no, let's let it simmer. So we're letting it simmer while we do the podcast. It has been simmering Because it'll be tasting even better after this. All those flavors are just sitting in there, like, getting to know each other, yeah. having a party. It's going like delicious. The, oh, yeah. They're having, it's like they're having a 1999 party. <laughs> they're partying like it's 1999. <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Y2K was such a big deal. Yeah. So that's what they're partying like in there. There and we go. It's going to be a fantastic taste. It will. 
Uh, like that, for example, we'll do videos like that. We'll do our random recipes. Just it may taste good. It may taste like shit. Oh, do you want to know the secrets to my chili? Yeah, like it might taste good. It might taste like shit, but we'll let you know. Here it is. You can See, try beep. it. <laughs> I don't have my taboo. But you can try it and uh, you know do your own mix to it. Uh, tuna steaks, regular steaks, hamburgers, burritos, French toast, everything. Anything. Lots of stuff. We'll do taste where we taste things. If you missed it, we did uh, demos where we tasted the macaroni and cheese ice cream. Oh my gosh, that the macaroni and terrible. cheese ice cream. It was um, so strange. Don't Not try a flavor don't, I don't. ever thought I would try cold. Don't do it. It was odd. It was um, odd. So, Mel, do you want to tell them what we decided to do for our first episode? So, um, for our first episode, first of all, we are thrift store junkies. Absolutely. If you don't um, go to Goodwill, you're missing out. Oh my gosh. And the Goodwills here are just so crazy good. It You never know what you're going to find. It's like a treasure hunt every time. So, we have been scouting the book section, finding lots and lots of interesting things to read. Um, and we came across the deluxe edition of Ripley's Believe It or Not. Not the deluxe, but the special. Oh, the special. Sorry. The special Sorry. edition. Special. But it's all, the cover's all reflective and yeah. silver and pretty. And, and it was a Goodwill for a whopping price of two forty nine. Two dollars and actually, it was a red tag that day, so oh, it might I believe it was like half off or a dollar. Dude, so. Sunday is dollar day at our Goodwills. Goodwill, right. Yep. Anyways, this is what we found. Continue. So, um, Ripley's Believe It or Not, we just started going through it, and oh my goodness, this is one of the things we can certainly find wonder in, is... It's, it's fun. All of these random, talented, amazing people. And that's kind of what the description is, you know, we're here to have a good time, we're going to joke around, we'll mess with each other, we'll have fun, we love each other, I love you, obviously. I love you. And it's a good time, but we wanted to do this, I think, you know... Not just because me and you enjoy it so much. I mean, it's fun. Me and Melody do this when the camera's not rolling. We'll put on a nature documentary or something on TV or videos and music, and we could talk about it for hours together, right? We'll do that. We'll just have whiskey wine We need to compare nights. and contrast the Richard Attenborough documentaries to the Snoop Dogg's Earth Thizzle, whatever it was. it. Earth I love it, man. Y'all gotta watch that one. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> Uh, Snoop Dogg does, does Planet Earth. Watch that YouTube. It's great. Love it. But it's kind of where Whiskey Wine Wonderland came from is I drank whiskey, she drank wine, and we would have our date nights where we'd have a dinner and we'd sit on the couch and go through YouTube or Netflix. So, well, the the whole relationship, really, it originated during COVID. We met in January of 2020. What a great time yeah. to meet someone, yeah. right? Um, but then because of all the social distancing and isolation, we were kind of stuck with each other for about two years straight, just right at the beginning of our relationship, yeah. which, is which is a very challenging time <laughs> to, was, to do uh, that. It was, uh, an experience. <laughs> That's what we'll say. But yeah, you know, I mean, it was, it was good though at the end of the day. It know, was. Well, and we started <clears throat> having home date nights where we would pick a cuisine mm-hmm. and we would just fix ourselves a fancy dinner at home. Watch a movie at home, um, just sit there and talk and just spend time with each other because everything was closed and what choice did we have? But it ended up being um, a really valuable time. We've made a lot of really good yeah, memories still that do way. It. And yeah, we still do it. So, and it's so good. We want to share it with you. Yeah, and it's you know, and you, y'all should do it too. And not you're not going to see everyone. We'll still have our own personal ones that aren't recorded. You know, when we become big and famous and millions of people, <laughs> we're still going to have privacy. But for now, the time being, it's just a good time, and it's funny, and it's enjoyable, and like, in a world full of chaos, uh, with elevated dance and everything we want to do, we'd like to bring a little bit of positivity into your lives. And yes. if we can do that through here, then... And encourage not? you to go find your own wonderland. Yeah, go do it. Go do whatever. If, 
And like, that's the thing too. Like, say, say that's why I like suggestions because, like I said, it's Wonderland, so it's we're gonna keep you wondering, but it's always <laughs> gonna be fun. You know what I mean? So like, if you got suggestions for places to go, foods to try, things you want us to try to cook, things you want us to try to eat, mm-hmm. um, or anything like that. Oops. You're getting a little risque there. Sorry. Sorry. That button just. <laughs> <up and laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. So um, so we jump in. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Ripley's, believe it or not, what year was this? This one, and that's the cool thing, is like, we'll probably get more of these different years and stuff, Mm -hmm. but, um, this one was 2001. 2001 edition. 21 years ago. Okay, you know what's strange, though? We picked up this book randomly at Goodwill, you know, never seen it before, had no idea, but then we went... We didn't do our cheers. Oh, cheers. Whiskey Wine Wonderland, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Whiskey Wine Wonderland. (laughs) all right so then for some reason we're looking for ripley's believe it or not on youtube the other night yep and we found the dean kane hosted show that correlates with some of these stories in this exact book Yeah. yeah So then we got to see, like, the TV footage to kind of complement the uh, literature and It used to be have. a TV show. Yeah. And I watched it when I was really, really little, and there was Dean Kane when Dean he did Kane, it. Dean Kane, 90s a, Superman heartthrob. I think there was a Mario Lopez. He did it, too. Or it was, Mario Lopez hosted a lot of stuff. Yeah, he did. He, he's another heartthrob. Um, we didn't do this one, but do we want to meet... Oh, Jesus. Do we want to meet Mr. Ripley? Um, let's have a brief synopsis like to, of who Mr. Synopsis. Ripley is and how he um, became he was, the believer. Oh, wow, he was born on Christmas Day. Oh, happy birthday, Wow, happy Mr. birthday. Ripley. It's this perfect episode. Yay. I cannot remember. Happy birthday. Um, he was born on Christmas Day in 1890. Wow. Wow. That's 130, so, 40, yeah, oh my 40 years ago. Holy crap. Uh, in, in Santa Rosa, California. Um... By the time he was 14, he did a lot of drawings. By the time he was 14, he already sold one of his drawings to Life magazine. Wow, he was 14, 14 years, years old, old and being published in a major nationally recognized magazine like that. At a, a time when there year, weren't that many a, magazines that's around. That's a year older than Bella, and he's in a magazine. Oh my gosh. Sold it to him. Wow. So made money off of it, too. She needs to get her act together. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. My daughter is Bella Draw and incredibly color intelligent and creative and talented and amazes me every day. That yeah, no, they're amazing. But here's the thing: we love each other. Like, so uh, obviously, some people know this, and some it's just we grew up different, right? Um, you look at her, you look at me on the outside; it doesn't really look like a compatible match. But um, we're perfect. <laughs> outside of that, anyways, um, I grew up. My love language was. I hate you. You're stupid. We that's, we just made fun of each other. Was it right? You know, there's there's was the opposite of that. But like, yeah. So when she said that right there about Bella, that was me rubbing off on her a little bit. But she didn't mean it. Obviously, she loves her. She's talented. Our kids, they're they're beautiful. Obviously, she knows that. But anywho's it. Um, she taught herself Korean and dance and bass and. She just more. blows me away. So anyways, <clears throat> we'll have her on the show someday, and you guys can talk to her. We'll interview her. So. Uh, he was also an athlete. He wanted to be a, a baseball player, apparently. <laughs> but they were shattered. His his dreams of becoming a bit of the big leagues in baseball were shattered at the age of 15. He broke his arm in his first professional game. Oh, no. First he got the big he got break. It. He got he it. He gets out there and first game. That's it. Ouch, dude. Man. Talk about bad luck, right? But... 
Now he's more famous than several major league baseball players that I've never heard of. Oh, right. And that's the, I think I think Ridley's career is a great example of don't give up. That 1920s thought, gumption. Um, he thought the big leagues was his dream, and he made it. And in the first game he shot it, most people would have quit right there and been right? like a server for the rest of their life or whatever. Like, turn to stuff like alcoholism, you and know, go down like, that hole. And he was like, what else can I do? Find something else. And he did. And that he did. And here we are, 100 years later. 100 plus years. Um, but because of that, it was actually good luck and fortune to become a... Uh, Professional artist. There we go. He was a sports cartoonist for the New York Globe. <clears throat> but he just wanted to find all the weird things he could. <laughs> basically. Um, sports is boring. He, uh, he created Let's look a, up shrunken he, heads. He created an altogether different kind of comic strips, put together a group of assorted athletic facts and feats from his personal files. And though he didn't think much of it, he handed it to his editor. The next morning, Ripley was greeted at the door by his publisher. Can you come up with more strips like the one you drew yesterday? Which was just random facts. Oh, wow. feats and, and athletes that evening. Well, that's cool. And the editor was like, that. And, and uh, the publisher asked, our readers are clamoring for them. Clamoring. Well, I mean, hell, we picked this up. That's what I said. We started reading it, and I was like, this is amazing. Right? Uh, okay. Um... Believe it or not, these are all about Robert Ripley. So we didn't read these before. Robert Ripley was the first person to broadcast to every nation in the world simultaneously with the help of translators who delivered his messages in various languages. Wow. To every How many people did he have to have lined nation. up for that? I don't know what's considered a nation, especially back in back that time. But, but how many different languages within those nations? Still, I guess you yeah, just have to hit lot. one per nation, but still. It's a well-known guy. Yeah, Wow. The Indiana Jones of his time, Robert Ripley visited a total of 201 countries, traveling a distance equal to 18 complete trips around the world. Holy crap. It belongs in a museum. He went everywhere. Oh my goodness. What a life. If I leave Anchor, I wanted to make sure that it was still going to record. Is it still recording? Anchor, can you still hear us? Yeah, it's still okay. going. I'm okay, just, uh, it's still on. It's still going. It I'm looks like it's still on. Telling Mom and Sissy to go to Facebook Live. Well, if there are huge gaps in the podcast, our sincere apologies, which you won't even be able to hear right now because we won't be on. What do you mean? Because if Anchor stopped recording, I'm sitting here apologizing while it's not recording. Oh, no, it's still going. There it is. Yay. Sorry, guys. Um, so, Mr. Robert Ripley. Okay, yes. So, he was the Indian Jones of his time. He, that's 201 countries. I bet there's some there I haven't even heard of. All the things that he must have seen in his lifetime. But see, at that point, like, I feel like I would, I would forget so much because I did so much, you know? Right. Like, I have trouble remembering dance moves right now. But and that's the thing about documenting all those things. Like with, Yeah, but he documented. Um, that's the thing. He could go back and look. Like with Steve Irwin, he wanted everything documented. Rest in peace, Steve Irwin. Absolutely. I love you, I love you so Steve much. But yeah, I guess that's the thing. If you document, yeah, you can always go back and look, right? And now the entire world gets to go back and look and see some of these incredibly amazing things that, oh, there's that one this one here, guy dug up. can't wait to hear. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> Ripley owned one of the largest and most expensive collections of automobiles in the world, but he never learned to drive. Take that, Jay Leno. 
But he didn't know how to drive. Like, what's the point? Why did you get just, so like, many cars if you didn't drive? You know what? Automobiles, they are a form of sculpture. I can see the artistic uh, attraction yeah, in, to that. Rest in peace to Ripley. Yes. Mr. Ripley. What a fascinating individual. All because of an unfortunate baseball injury that a lesser person, no yeah. doubt, would have turned into Even something up. dark and depressing. And he's like, you know what? He turned it in. He said, there's all this cool stuff out there and I'm going to go find it. Cheers to him. Cheers to him. Yay, Mr. Ripley. Yay. And last about Mr. Ripley. Many people wrote to Ripley, hoping he would use their ideas in a Believe It or Not. In 1937, the young Charles Schultz was first published when he sent in a cartoon about the ability of his dog Sparky to eat pins, tacks, screws, and razor blades. That's... Sparky is the same dog that later served as the model for Snoopy in Shul's world-famous comic strip, Peanuts. Okay, but how how did we go from eating pins, tacks, and razor blades to Snoopy and Woodstock and all of these wonderful, therapeutic, love-each-other kind of ideas that we get from the Charlie Brown comics and classic TV specials? Remember Charlie That's Brown with a little, like, twig tree? Way to turn no, it around, Charles I've never, Schultz. I've never watched Charlie Brown. <gasps> I know there's plenty of you out there that have not watched it along with me, so. Oh, good lord. So, any hooser. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. You Let still me... haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, either. We did watch White Christmas no. this year. That's a great one. If you yeah. haven't watched it, go watch it. Oh, to all my men out there. This is one of the things I'm going to start covering. I think something we should start covering in our podcast is things men need to do differently to break barriers and things women need to do differently to break barriers. You know what I mean? For example, men, I know it's hard to watch a musical and shit because it seems girly, but some of them are actually pretty good. Break it down. For example, ladies, it's okay for your man to have emotions. Listen to him too. Right? Like these are the barriers we're start breaking down. But seriously, give me a little chance. They're not that bad. I thought I thought you were going to tackle some sort of big social issue, but it's like, men, I know this is difficult, but your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to sit through a musical. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it seems hard. <laughs> oh my god. It's they were, not that they, they, bad. They, I promise you, most They're men are going to watch them. Most men have not watched them. I was in uh, the United States Airborne Infantryman, okay? Do you think I ever would have watched a fucking musical? A freaking but musical. But look at look at Gene Kelly though. Like, okay, yeah, wonderful. Um, but in that time, and even uh, even in White Christmas, it's a time when soldiers were proud to be soldiers <coughs> and proud to have served. Oh yeah, believe me, I know. I wish we still had that. And that's that's part of why those musicals existed. They were part of war propaganda to paint all of the army life in this wonderful, fantastic Gene Kelly, you know, dancing in his navy uniform and looking. <laughs> Like I said, if if we did that to a commander, I told you that when I watched. Oh yeah, if that's If we true. did that for a commander today, so in White Christmas, I like can't, I can't General say, Wallace, I can't say what. Or first, yeah, tell them what happened, so then I can explain. Yeah, so White Christmas, uh, it opens where there are these two soldiers, and there's this retiring general, and they're throwing a party on Christmas Eve for the soldiers who were on the front lines in World War Two. And this new general's coming in, and he's like, these men shouldn't be celebrating. They should line up for inspection. And General Wallace, who is this fantastic general, but also still has a heart of his own and actually cares about his men, 
Um, he's like, okay, well, you go over there to this base, and they're going to take the long way around. So they lose the new general, but the general that's retiring that has a heart is like, we're going to let these men celebrate Christmas Eve. So they have their musical and all that, and then the war ends, everybody goes home, and later on, these two soldiers who are giving this musical, um, they find out that their old general is in trouble. And he owns this inn. The inn isn't doing very well. Um, it's in this, it's this ski lodge in Vermont, and there's no snow in Vermont, which is a huge problem for a ski lodge because nobody can ski when there's no snow. So anyway, they go up there, and they save the day, and there's all these big show tunes and musical numbers and beautiful costumes, and um, it's just, it's, it's very picturesque, really. Um, so yeah, musicals are not that bad. He suffered through it. He lived. I'm turning him one musical at a time. <laughs> Very slowly. Very, Very slowly. slowly. Are we still on? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So if you haven't seen <coughs> Christmas... Please watch it. It's a very good movie. Oh my gosh. And Bing Crosby's voice is like butter. I could so, listen to him sing all day. I watch musicals. She listens to me when I'm sad. I guess there's a balance there. What a huge trade-off, though. Like, I enjoy sharing those <laughs> moments with you. I really do. And it's, Which moments? It, sitting there watching musicals and seeing oh, you watch you it for the first time. <laughs> no, when you're sad, though, that's... Um, it's an honor to be close enough to another person that that other person feels that they can be completely vulnerable. It's rare. It is. So when you find it, hold on to it. Well, and having be that... Be nice, be kind... Having that trust with somebody else that I can tell you my secrets, I can show you my weaknesses, I know you're not going to take advantage of me. Exactly. Yeah, that's the trust thing, right? Yeah. Kind of like Steve Harvey, he interviewed that couple that had been together for like 80 or 90 years or whatever, and he said, what's Did the... Did get together when they were two? I don't know That'd what it was. It was a time. long time. Wow. It was a very long marriage. And, and, and he was like, what's the secret to a long marriage or a happy relationship a long time? Yeah. You know what she said? I love it because I feel like it's it's a it's a it's a simple answer, but we just don't do it. It's not communication. It's not uh, do more. It's not pick up the slack. It's not you know more sex. It's none of that. What she said was, and this old lady, so sweet, sitting next to her husband, right, and he's sitting there all happy, you know. <laughs> she said, "Just be nice. Just be nice to one another, okay." <laughs> and she said it so calm. Nice. She said it so calmly and so relaxed. She's like, "Just be nice." I was like, that makes sense. I mean, just be nice. And no reason. To, but anyways, we're getting off track. That's Why a, can't we all That's just a, get a di different podcast. We'll talk, like I said, we'll do everything. But anyways, here we go. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's like a bedtime story on Christmas Eve. Mama Knows Best. Oh. Boxer Egerton Marcus, an Olympic middleweight medalist, learned his skills in the ring from his mother, a 45-year-old former welterweight. Yes, ma'am. He was an Olympic middleweight medalist, and he learned everything he did from a woman. So everyone I was like, oh, I don't want to learn from a woman. Go fight this guy, and then come talk to me and let me know if you right? learn from a woman. So. Wow. The man, uh, for my baseball fans out there, Mr. Babe Ruth, you know. Babe uh, Ruth. <clears throat> The King of Cloud. Okay. He had a lot of nicknames. He what did. were all the ones from your Bay movie? Roof, Bay Ruth. Bay Ruth. The King of Cloud. Uh, the Colossus of Cloud. Oh, is that the same thing? Or are those two different ones? I'm counting them. I think, I think it's two. It might be two different ones. It's two. Okay. okay. Um, why am I... Why am oh I my gosh, there's right way now? more than I two. I'm blanking right now. Hold on. No. What are Bay Ruth's other names? I know this. The I Babe... Okay. The babe is one. 
the great Bambino. Oh. The great Bambino. And he said the great Bambi. No, dipstick. Bambino. (laughs) Okay, but in February of 1927, Babe Ruth hit 125 home runs in one hour in an exhibition game at Wrigley Field, Los Angeles, California. Now, let's break that down because I did 125 home runs in one hour. Like, first off, Ripley says it was in an exhibition game. Mm -hmm. I will say, however, that when I did the research, they said that it was before an exhibition game. Just messing around to see how many he could yeah, hit in six, front of it? Yeah, six different pitchers were warming up, and Babe Ruth was hitting it, but they said it was before an exhibition game. Ripley has, during an exhibition game, it says in an exhibition game, verbatim quote, in an exhibition game. And I was like, that's not possible. That wouldn't be possible in an exhibition game. There's no way that's possible, because you can't bat that many times. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's not going to happen. So, uh, it was before. Six different pitchers were warming up, and he just kept hitting. But that's equivalent... To one home run every 30 seconds. And that's, that's why he's known as the Great Bambino. If you haven't watched Whiplash, watch Whiplash. That's why we need coaches like that. If you want to be Babe Ruth, <laughs> you got to be hard. Okay. So Whiplash is about a jazz musician, if you haven't seen it. It's a fantastic movie. J.K. Simmons is, oh my lord. And then the guy that you really like, Mitch something? I don't remember his name. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's, 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 he's in the new, um, he's in the new uh, Top Gun with the mustache. That's him. He, Same guy. He kind of reminds me of the way my little brother Ben looks. Ben, if you're watching, he's in Denver. He's fantastic. But he looks like this actor guy that we can't remember the name of right now. Yeah, I can't. I can't. But anyway, yeah, Whiplash is awesome. But Babe Ruth, oh my goodness. Yeah, a home run hit every 30. Like, runs. how do you have the, the upper body, the arm, the torso strength to be able to hit a home run every 30 God, seconds stamina, for an hour The stamina, straight, though, like to keep... God, still being know. able to swing and see, that, he, This was back when steroids weren't a thing, and people that were good at sports were actually just good at sports. And Babe Ruth was a beast. I don't think he did steroids. I don't know. We'll have, hope, to, we'll have to research that. I hope that he didn't. But anyways... But even if he did, that's still impressive. I mean, let's admit. Absolutely. Hopefully not. Hey, here's the... uh, You know what? Not that one just yet. It's Melodies. Oh. But, picture perfect. In 1956, Don Larson of the New York Yankees pitched the only perfect game ever in a World Series. Okay, so let's talk about something real quick with the podcast. Sports. A perfect game is nobody gets on base, nobody hits the ball. Okay. Absolutely. And no hitter is when nobody gets on base. Perfect game is nobody well, hits the Well, you can still ball. walk somebody on a no hitter, right? No. No? A no hitter is nobody, nobody gets on base. Okay. So, like, somebody hits the ball in the outfield, but he catches it, he's out, nobody's gotten on base still, okay. so it's still a no hitter. Gotcha. A perfect game, nobody hits the ball. It's just, boom, just outs. Three outs, Well, and that outs, can only, outs, that right? can solely be up to the pitcher catcher. It's 100% the pitcher. It's 100% the pitcher. Not well, I mean, catcher. the catcher still like calling the pitches with the numbers and That's the up thing. to the coach. <laughs> I obviously don't play baseball. It's usually up to the coach. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the major league, sometimes the pitcher and the catcher will decide, but at the end of the day, it's up well, to the When the catcher still has to the catcher, manager. can they steal in the majors when they... If someone's on base, but no one got on base. Okay. In a perfect game, nobody gets on base. Gotcha. So that's uh, that's already so hard to yeah. throw it to where nobody hits the ball. Like uh, That's already nine innings where nobody touches the ball. That's crazy. And you've went through the lineup at least once yeah. in those nine innings. And that means some people have had two chances to hit the ball and they didn't hit it. That's already so rare, right? This was in the World Series, meaning the best two teams the best of the with best. the best hitters. Literally, the we're Super supposed Bowl to be baseball. here. 
And he still, they couldn't hit the ball off of him. And it's like, and what's funny is I bet a lot of these, okay, people who say they like baseball have never heard the name Don Larson. People who are real MLB fans know who Don Larson is because to pitch a perfect game in the World Series, yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. That's, that's insane. <clears throat> Babe, you're the medical person and I want your input on this. And please comment on this too. In 1937, the football diet. In 1937, Bill Mattis, a Tulane University halfback, lost 20.5 pounds. That's 20 and a half pounds in a single football game. How? I just lost that in three months. In a single football game. Was like, like an hour and a half. In an hour and a half, he lost twenty. That's not healthy. It can't be. He had to be throwing up. I there mean, was no was he, he sweating. He didn't sweat that much. Sweat? There's no he sweat that much. He had to get sick and throw up. Like there's no way. He the only other to. way is like if there was a really that really really no bad sense. tackle and one of his legs just got severed. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had an amputation mid game. It was real quick that way, but hey, coach, my sorry hand for came the gallows off. Humor, you know, his hand gets caught in the middle of the helmet. And but I do not wish that on anyone ever. I twenty pounds in a single game. I don't understand physically or medically how that would be possible and still walk away from the game. It, you had, think you'd had, throw your body into some kind of shock. He had to throw Or heat exhaustion. He had to throw Ain't no way. And who's weighing like directly before and directly after a game? Was somebody like when he took his pads off, they're like, man, you look different all of a sudden. That's Go a hop good, on the that's scale. That's a good question. How did they know he lost 20 and a half pounds? Was that the well, goal you know, no, for no, some let's, be on, let's, let's be honest. Let's be, let's be honest. If you looked at somebody, when someone typically loses weight, like me and you, when yeah. I get in shape, when I, when I got in shape or when I lost weight, like, you couldn't tell as I was doing it, right? Because you well, see go, me. Go you back saw, to COVID. Like, we saw well, our I, friends once every couple months, if that. So, any weight changes that you wouldn't notice if you're seeing somebody every day, every couple of days. But all of a sudden, it seems drastic. Exactly. And when you see months. it, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, you've lost weight. Really different. So if you watch somebody go play football, and then an hour and a half later you looked at him, and he looked like he just lost 20 and a half pounds, I would, like if, if Bella came off the basketball court or whatever, and she lost 20 I'd be like, what the hell just happened to you? <laughs> like, you, I, what I mean by that is, like, yeah. that's, I bet that's how it came up. Like, why do you look significantly skinnier right now? What just happened? Yeah, well, and that's the thing about this book that I don't like. This is my critique. God bless Mr. Ripley and all of the discoveries he made and all of the knowledge that he shared with us, but... I need more hey, information nobody, on this guy. Perfect. I, but I wonder with our technology now, if we can like actually look up that story and figure out exactly. We'll do that sometime for sure. Yeah. For sure. For if sure. there, if that story's out there, I'm sure it is. I don't know why this is in here, but this is just kind of funny. But horsing around, Jonathan James, too good. That's his last name. Jonathan James, too good. Good name. I want to slap his family. Can you imagine? Hi, I'm Mister Too Good. I would have slapped What's him. Your I would slap. If you came up to me, and <laughs> your name was too good. They can't hear you on the podcast because you went to the camera. If I, you come up to me and say your name is too good, I will slap you in the face. Okay. Point is, too Dang. good's kind of a weird name. Like you understand that somebody made that name, right? And what wh- why would American, why would like somebody that thing we were watching the other day when his name was two something because he's white he was two two guys or he's two white something. because he's he's from England he's white so he's not Native American so he's not too good because he thought he was too good how's at, it spelled T O O G O D 
Okay, so it's probably like Chad Ochocinco who changed his name because he wanted to be 86. Cause he I don't believe cool that because this was, in, this was in the 19th century. So You don't think male egos existed in the 19th I don't, century? Yes, they, they existed always. But I'm just saying, the, the two, he's England. So he thought he was rich. You can you know he's from England. That his whoever made that name, there was some rich family. He goes, you know, we're gonna. It makes be you wonder if like John Legend's real name is John Legend because that's such an no, awesome listen, name for somebody. Y'all, you know it. Is it John Legend? You know it. Look it up. You know, whoever made that name is like we're rich. We're better than these peasants. We're we're, we're just gonna too good. we're gonna name that's our it. name. Too, and yeah, no, no, he's, he said what you just said, and then somebody else in the background goes, "That's it. That's our name. Too good. We're too good." I'm gonna, I'm gonna go find this grandchild of whoever's still alive in this bloodline and slap them. It's going on the podcast. No. We okay, do fine. Not, we won't. We, do we, not won't. we don't violence. condone physical we do violence. Condone Please violence. be ang. We'll do a podcast about Avatar. That'd be beautiful. We could do that first. They would love that. Ideas. But uh, seriously though, don't fight. Don't anything like that. Well, I would love to find these people and see if they kind of know where they got that name from. So, so what about Too Good? Does he live up to the name? We know nothing about. No, him because all he did like. was regularly jump hedges while riding backwards on a horse. That's all he did. That he just <laughs> rode backwards. Well, I'm sure it was more impressive than just that one cartoon drawing, he, but he literally just. Just rode backwards. Okay, first of all, how do you discover that that is your talent? And is that his show name? I bet that was his stage name. I bet that wasn't his stage actual name. name. What do you mean stage name? When people get famous for something and they pick a stage name that's how not their actual name. How is he famous for that? He's in Ripley's Believe It or Not, what, 200 years okay, after Ripley's he actually did this? Ripley's went to 201 countries and just talked to everybody he saw and said, what's your weird thing? So that could have been another guy walking down the street, not famous. But it could have been like half of um, these people aren't even famous. Like I couldn't like Annie find Annie Oakley and, or not Annie Oakley. Who's somebody who changed their name? When Wild I did... Bill's Western oh, Wild, Wild Circus, West where they had, Wild yeah, West Show, yeah. where they had all the weird names and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Wild that could West be Show. that. Where he's just like, I'm just going to be too good. That's my stage name. <laughs> That's the thing. It could be either or. Like I'm the great too good. I mean, it could be either or, and and I don't know. It's just I'm not gonna pay money to watch that. Well, not now. We have freaking CGI and everything's fake. But this this guy did this for real. No stunt man. He's the Jackie Chan of backwards horse. He's the mater of horseback riding. Oh my god. <laughs> He's the world's best, world's best backwards, backwards horse rider. Rider. <laughs> Whatever. That, I don't Can you imagine that. what the horse is thinking? Like this is exactly the opposite of what every other human has ever asked he's me like, to do. I don't know why he's kicking the wrong way. How did he train the horses to jump backwards? Like the more you no, think no, the about horse it, the more impressive backwards. it gets. The horses rode regular. He was just backwards on the horse. Okay, so how do you successfully control a horse to jump hedges when you can't even see where you're going? Well, obviously he turned around and looked, but I just went, and nonetheless... Is he horse, like this the whole time, well, none, just looking well, over no, his shoulder? Nonetheless, the horses know the race and the track. He probably goes around with them once in the train. I, so see, this see is it. another thing. I want more information. Then, I want to know gonna, how listen, he pulled listen, off. You're going to kick the horse in the same spot, so instead of kicking back, you're going to kick forward because you're reversed. So you're like... That? No, no. Listen, look. When you ride a horse, you go like this. You kick backwards with your heel. Yeah. If I'm backwards on the horse, I'm not gonna kick forward with to your make toe. Him go I guess. Faster. Yeah. So that's how he made the horse go. Now, when the horse wanted to jump, that's where we needed to do research at. And that's what I'm saying. I and didn't. Then being I didn't able listen. To stay on listen. And... I, when I did the research for a lot of these names, there weren't anything. Google literally said, 
we can't find what you're searching for. Please search something else. It's meaning, not even on Google. Well, that's what I'm saying is meaning that he just, and that's what he said in the beginning, is Ripley just walked down the road and talked to random people and just said, what's your weird thing? What do you, tell me something about yourself that's weird. That do you I, know, do you or anyone you know have any very strange or odd talents? Like, I guarantee you he got the name Believe It or Not by telling somebody a fact that editor, and the editor I went, don't believe it. And he, and he goes, he goes, well, you can believe it or not. And he goes, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's where it came from. Triple threat. Triple threat. And this is impressive again. This is these by the way, these are all like if you can't tell, athletic feats. But in nineteen thirty eight boxer Henry Homicide Hank. What a name. What Talk a about name. Triple H. He Henry was the original. Ho- triple he was the H. Tri- original the triple, H. H. triple H. Triple H. Yo, hey, Triple H. Listen, I want you what on the podcast. Henry Homicide Hank. Uh I feel so bad because I know Triple H's name and I'm brain farting right Hunter now. Hunter Henry It's Hunter Henry. Hogar, I don't know what his last name is. Point is, is we're going to have you on the show, Triple H, and I want to talk to you about the original Triple H in 1938. 1938, He had it before you, and let me tell you something. copycat. Henry Homicide No, I would not say any of this to Triple H's face. I will. Amazing entertainer and way bigger and than me. We'll fight you anytime, anywhere. Oh my gosh, for real, babe? You're, no. Let's go in the ring. Money in the bank ladder match. This does not constitute a verbal contract of any sort. Michael <laughs> Vasquez has a history of multiple head injuries and does not need any chance of his brain bleeding ever again. You're lucky she's holding the back. Respect, Triple H. Triple H. You're lucky. But this dude, original Triple H, what did he do in the 1930s? He held all three weight divisional world boxing titles at the same time. Three weight divisional. He, so, meaning he held. Lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. He playing football same... with that dude from earlier? Yeah, he must have been. <laughs> hey, how would you lose that pound? Let me tell me what I'm you did. Play football with this guy, and then I'm I'm in the lower weight division. Like, but I, to hold him at the same time, meaning that I he wonder had... if he went up or he went down. Like, did he start little and then just get bigger and bigger and bigger in the months, or did no, he start big and get littler and lose weight? So he definitely started heavy and then went down. Yeah, I so he's playing football it. with dude. From my yeah, from my experience, he definitely went down. Go to gain weight like that is so much harder because. To make your body force you to eat and force you to gain more is so much harder than just sweating it off and losing weight. Yeah. And typically the weight standards go by 10, 5 to 10 pounds. So it doesn't seem like a lot. But still, to go in three different weight divisions and hold the title in all at once mean, mean, means that he did defend the title sometimes too. So like... But can you crazy. imagine being the teeny weight guy? What's the official name of that? I know that's not correct. The featherweight. Okay, can you imagine being the featherweight guy and being like... This dude just won the heavyweight championship last freaking week, and now I'm up against him. Like, no, I know yep. I'm screwed, because he just knocked out somebody twice as big as me. Literally. Like, that has to be intimidating, man. Way oh, to go, absolutely, original right? 1930s Triple H. Original 1930s Triple H. A woman's touch. <gasps> this sounds so soft and genteel after that last one. I will read it. Very gentle. Oh. We'll do a little bit. ASMR here for you. <laughs> Hesse Donahue. Hesse Donahue. Hesse Donahue. You have to enunciate the, the H's. Hue, the Hugh. I cool whip. Hesse Donahue. <laughs> there it is. There it is. A 19th century female boxer once knocked out heavyweight champion John L. Sullivan. Dude. So listen, like, so, so like, way so, to go, so, Hesse. To imagine that, I'm just gonna use me and you. That would be like if me and you got in a fight and you knocked me the fuck out, just clean as day, just one clean uppercut, just big. 
Like, could y'all imagine? Okay, for reference, I'm 210 pounds. Well, stand up. I mean, they're not going to see our heads, but... No, but... Comparison, here's my belly button. Where's your belly button? Up here. That's how much smaller I am than how much you can see our belly buttons. Like, if we got in a fight, could you imagine her just, like, (laughs) uppercutting, you know, from just knocking me off my feet? Because that's what this, like, this guy literally, this chick knocked out a heavyweight champion. And that's, that's, that's crazy. And because he's a heavyweight, which means, and this was in... It just says 19th century, so sometime, I would assume, because this came out in 2001, and every a lot of the pictures are in black and white, I would assume that this came out in the early 1900s before 1950, um, maybe 1960 if we're pushing it, but um, even for back then, a heavyweight boxer back then weighed 190 at max. People weren't heavy back then. Bodybuilders back then weighed... One one eighty five, right? That, that, there there wasn't that heavy people. People weren't that big back then. Bodybuilders now in Mr. Olympia, two fifty, two sixty, straight ripped. You know what I mean? This woman knocked out a heavyweight champion boxer. That's 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 fucking insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that's that's crazy. Okay. Next one, Teflon Man. Jim Corbett fought in the prize ring for 18 years without once receiving so much as a black eye or a bloody nose. This guy went 18 years without getting a black eye or a bloody nose. Or all he got was a black eye and a bloody nose. And then Melody's like, Don't do boxing because you'll get hit in the head. Uh... This guy didn't get hit in 18 years. Um, I'm 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 pretty confident. You know, I trust my self defense and things that I've learned. That why 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 can't I be the next? Why can't I be the next Jim Corbett? I think it could be. Y'all tell her. Tell her I can do it. I know she's doing it because she loves me. But you know what I mean. Paul J. Simpson of Burlington, North Carolina, ran against a horse in a 144-mile race (laughs) and won by 28 miles. What the actual F? (laughs) Seriously. Like, what what the actual F? How far is 144 miles? It's really far. Was that a slow horse or a fast guy? Like, how did that First, wait, well, how far is 144 miles? From, like, here oh, to Texarkana? I think here to Texarkana is... It's, a, okay, it's like 300 miles here to Dallas, so it's halfway to Dallas. So Texarkana. Oh. To Texarkana. So basically, from here, which is in... We're not going to tell you where we live, but here in northwest Arkansas, to Texarkana, which is the very bottom portion of Arkansas, and we're right by the corner by Missouri... He raced a horse from here to there and won. Okay, but first, how did you how did you get the horse to follow a track that far? How did you, did you I know you didn't have cones going 144 right, miles on a track. Horse? Cause then it's like what like happened? The horse is at a disadvantage. I don't know. Like, I'm with you. I want to know the I want to know the history of that. Right? Give me some we more need info more facts, now, Ripley. That's like, we need all the info. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe we do Ripley's behind the scenes hey, and we do the research on how did they do it. How did this dude beat a horse? And now Melody's turn. You got your notes ready? Oh my goodness! Well, I don't have very many notes because there's not a lot of information about this that's guy. That's exactly, and that's why I was saying I did a lot of research on a lot of these names and I couldn't find. Stuff. If you look him up, though, he looks like. He okay. does look. So listen, check it out. 
American cyclist. Hold on. I don't even start yet. Oh. Talk about something for 35 seconds. Something for 35 seconds. Yeah. We. I'm out of whiskey. You need to pull more wine. I oh, goodness gracious. Whiskey wine. Hey, by the way, guys. Oh, we didn't even tell them. I'm so sorry. Uh, my bourbon and whiskey of choice for tonight, typically most of our videos, unless we're trying something new, is going to be Four Roses bourbon. Very good. Please try it. And they're not even paying me to do this. I just really enjoy Four, four Roses. And Melody has whatever. I have uh, the... So, I wish we had a Trader Joe's here. We do not have a Trader Joe's, and it's awful. I really, really want them to come to our little corner of the state. And, God, please, Trader Joe's, anybody, any employee of Trader Joe's, anybody in Trader Joe's corporate, we need it. But anyway, nice. Trader Joe's has a wine line called Two Buck Chuck. And uh, Aldi has a knockoff of Two Buck Chuck called um, Owl something. I don't remember what it is. I just remember there's an owl in the bottle. Well, Walmart now has their own called Winemaker's Blend. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's all right. But for a $5 bottle of wine, it'll drink. It's pretty good. Now, tomorrow it's I have my, my German cherry mold Christmas wine that I'm looking forward to having. Oh, yes. Well, this is Four Roses, but this is the bourbon, if you want to know what it looks like. Um, but the wine she's talking about, yeah, it's some Christmas wine and we have to warm it up. Mm -hmm. And, um, honestly, if y'all want to see it, I guess we could do another episode tomorrow. We could do a whiskey wine, mold wine tasting. Yeah. I say we do it. You want to do it? I think I might even have some cinnamon sticks and some cranberries I can mold with it. Oh, I'll make it all Christmassy for you. You want to do it? Yeah. Let's do it. We'll okay. Do so it. we'll have another episode tomorrow. Merry Christmas. We'll tell you really Merry Christmas. Right? Because it will be Christmas. We're going to make our own little, like, Christmas dinner. Well, yeah, we are. And, oh, that's something fun. I do want to talk about that, actually. We are having our own Christmas dinner. Um, It's me and her. We're going to wake up. And we got a couple of presents to open, per se. Or, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I have a present to open, open. Okay, listen. Don't even. Point is, tomorrow's <laughs> Christmas. going to be a good day. Um, <laughs> you started, like, three different sentences and then ended with don't even. <laughs> Um, okay, so, it's My Christmas. Birds. It's going to be fun. Those are our birds, Drax and Nebula. Um, we'll show you guys them sometime. Here we go. But anyways, listen up. Next time your kid says, oh my gosh, mom, I want to quit playing because my foot hurts. Halfway through t-ball season and they're like, basketball, this is boring. I want to give up. You tell them about Bobby Walthour. Okay. Never say die. Bobby Walthour, a if I'm saying his wrong name, forgive me. Bobby Walthour, a marathon bicycle racer, was twice, two times, twice, not once, twice, twice. pronounced dead, dead, nothing, gone, Dude no heartbeat, no died. heartbeat, no breathing, no, no breathing, nothing, dead, twice, twice during. A 60-day race. <laughs> but guess what? He recovered each time and finished he the finished race. He finished the race. Dude died twice. Mid-race. So you died uh, once, right? I can't even, I mean. You're gone. They bring you back. And you're just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not good. done with this I'm gonna yet. I'm going to keep going. Okay, I get, okay. I get it the first time. Maybe like, he brought me back for a reason. Yeah, I get it. You died. Right? Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't leave yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And then you die again. And, but then, you know, when you get two miles down the road, and guess what? It gets black again. You can't see. Oh, guess what? Boom. You see God again. At that point in time, are you not like, you know, perhaps 
This is not where I'm supposed to be. I have physically like at died. Some point, I have shuffled off this mortal coil. Not once, point, but twice. At some point, but you know, like... the race anyway. Like, let's, let's look at it. Okay, okay, he died the first time. Mm-hmm. He gets to heaven. God's at the gate. God goes like this. I'm God. I'm God. How you doing, Bobby? Bobby goes... I don't know. I was just racing. And then, I thought I was in the middle of a race, dude. Like, I'm talking to you. What's goes, up? And God goes, well, you know what? That was a mistake. I told my angels to get a different Bobby. That Heavenly Father, you. I'd really okay, like to was, finish this race that was if an you don't accident. mind. I'm going to send you back, Bobby. Finish that race. Live on with that. She said, okay, okay. <laughs> Bobby went back. He kept racing. Bobby got about 13 miles down the road. This is got black a 60-day race. A, 60 day a two-month-long okay, bicycle the road, race. A couple days down the road, dude dies again. Gets back up to God. God goes. Didn't we just do this? What are we? What's going on? Why are we back again? Why? Are we, what's, what's? He's like, I, I don't know. It's I like was, Groundhog Day when he keeps just living the same day goes, over goes, and over goes, and goes, over. Goes, you didn't race. do that race yet, and right, God goes, Bobby? And God goes. You got to do it right. You died and continued the race. You know, my son died and he woke up three days later. But when he died the second time, he stayed dead. You well, died he didn't a second, die a second time. time. He just ascended. Okay, sorry, listen, but he disappeared. You died a second time, and and I'm gonna send finish you back. Finish that race, not, Bobby. If you're gonna do this to me, you're gonna finish the race. So get your ass back and finish the race. Well, in the words of another great Bobby, if you ain't first, you last. Damn straight. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Now listen, check it out, boys. We got about ten minutes left on the podcast. Um, we're gonna end on a section that neither me nor Melody have even touched yet oh new ripley and, facts and that we've not yet seen we're gonna see how it goes genuine reactions let's genuine go genuine reactions Here we it's go. gonna be a banger <laughs> so um <laughs> that's an inside joke we'll talk about that one in a speaking of gaming podcasts and streamers <laughs> elevated gaming elevated alien hey coming, i'm just saying soon. the two time has nothing on bobby Walthour. dude actually damn that's right hey Doc, what I do respect, I love you. You got not done on the original two time. The original. Bobby. Shout out to you, Bobby. These are royal oddballs. Royal? What makes them royal? Stirring tribute. To honor King John III of Poland's victory in war, the original bagel was baked in the shape of a circular stirrups used by the Polish cavalry in 1683. What? So if you wonder why, why we have, have donuts bagels. or bagels shaped like I love this, bagels. it's oh my because gosh. the bagels in New York. They say it's because of the water, whatever it is. They're so good. Yeah. I really do like bagels. Had their cake and heard it too. Oh my God! In 1533. What the fudge nugget was... People living in sticks there. In 1533, a huge cake served at the wedding of Duke of Orleans, who became Henry II of France. And Catherine de Medicis contained within its edible contents a four-piece orchestra. Within its edible contents. The orchestra was inside the literal cake that they ate. How did they do that? What do you mean? They stood in the cake. I don't know. It's pretty much it. They stood in the there cake. There had to be some kind of door or something. They couldn't bake it around the orchestra. I don't know. Talk but about ornate, dude. That happened. Real Housewives of Jersey has nothing on these people. <laughs> I baked my orchestra oh, into shit. my cake. 
What about live music? <laughs> Frosting would be murder on a bow. <laughs> Can you imagine how sticky that would be? Oh, very sticky. Very sticky. Very sticky. Um, fun fact, uh, I didn't know for a while, Mountain Dew was actually invented for a mixer with uh, whiskey and bourbon, for those of you that didn't know. It was designed to complement the taste. It was designed to complement the taste of, of mountain whiskey. And um, it works. Yeehaw. Or what yeehaw. do they say in, like, hillbilly? It wouldn't be yeehaw, would it? Because that's too cowboy. What's moonshine for yeehaw? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't do moonshine. I don't know. Someone's got to tell us what the moonshine yeah. version of that is, because I don't know. But anyways, how festive. When fried... The white of a murray's egg turns bright blue while the yolks turn red. So that's what that bird's egg looked like when you cook it. Wow. That's very odd. It is. It, it's so a blue white with this, a red yolk. This weird bird right here makes these kinds of eggs. When you cook it. I wonder what color it is before you cook it. Because before we cook the chicken eggs and stuff, the white is clear. Yeah, so this bird makes blue and red eggs. Right. Weird. Self-food diet. Oh, no, sorry. Seafood diet. Okay. Emperor Charles V of Germany ate at least 60 distinct courses every day of his life. 60 courses? 60 distinct courses courses Every why do they use the word distinct what do you mean 60 distinct like 60 like very different like courses here's, here's your bowl of salad and then they take that away and then here's, here's your, your fried chicken soup, and then they take that away and then here's, here's your, your crostini piece. with a piece of lobster and then they take that away and 60 every day how do you have time for anything else other than eating because he's... Because, okay, 24 Charles, hours a day, and you take away what? He's the emperor. He does nothing but make decisions. 8 to apparently. 10 hours for sleep. You're left with 14 to 16 hours a day to eat. 60 courses divided by 16 hours. How many is that? Say that again. How many what? 60 courses in the 16 hours that you're awake. You'd have to be eating 60 all day. 60 divided by 16? Yeah. Computer, what is 60 divided by 16? 60 divided by 16 is 3.75. So that is a new course of food every 3.75 minutes <laughs> continuously throughout your waking hours all day to be able to eat that many distinct courses. Not to mention bathroom breaks or conversation with anyone else in the room. Like a new course every 3.75 well, minutes. Well, let's, let's, let's do the science on this. Charles V of Germany. Meaning probably back in the 18th to 17th century. Oh, does it not have a date? doesn't have a date, so I would assume 17th, 18th century. Leo, go. Sorry, guys. Excuse our puppy. Go sit down. Go. Go sit down. We'll interview you some other day. Um, so back then, people woke up by the time of, of light. So let's assume he had... Well, he's still... I would assume let's he's assume, still sleeping 8 to 10 hours a I night, mean, right? It doesn't matter how much you said. Let's assume. Oh, unless it was like in that one documentary where they're waking up every couple hours. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's assume he stayed awake for 10 hours a day. Because I say I wake up at 7 a.m. And I go to bed at... Oh, God, that's not fair. 
a regular person <laughs> wakes up at 9 o'clock. Anyway, it's a lot of food. Yeah, it's a lot of food. New Leo, Bubba, go lay down. <laughs> go sit. He wants go to sit. be a part of it. I know. I love you too. This is Leo. He's a lab. He's uh, our baby. You'll meet Anya later. She's other our baby. Can you stop? Go. I love you. Go. Go get your toy. Go get your toy. Go. New twist. Pretzels were invented in southern France in AD 610 by French monks. For those of you who don't know, that means 610 years after the death of Christ. In France, by French monks, pretzels were made. Hmm. Who shaped them to look like a child's arms folded in prayer. A child's arms folded in prayer? Oh, yeah, okay. I get it. look like a pretzel? Yeah. I mean, they look like a pretzel. I answered that before. I really took a look at you. Because I think more like, you know, like oh, the yoga Oh, you pose. mean like the yoga... Okay, that's like Buddha but, stuff. Yeah, but I get it, I guess. Okay. Interesting. Gem of a meal. King Henry III of France dined regularly on partridges coated with solid gold, omelets sprinkled with ground-up pearls, and poultry soaked in expensive perfume. This mother trucker said, I do nothing extra. not rich. Everything extra. You must baste my chicken in Chanel number five. By the way, this is Alfred. He's oh, yes. the other one that thinks he's a, Our tuxedo a king cat. over here. He's so proper, hence the name Alfred. When in Rome, the most popular dessert at ancient Rome banquets was a sweet onion. An onion was the most popular dessert. In ancient Rome. That, you know what though? That was before they discovered the Aztecs and all their wonderful chocolate. Okay, last thing we're going to read right here to end off the podcast. Bath lore. Bath ban. Caligua, AD 12 to Caligula? 41. Caligula. AD 12 to 41, thank you. While Emperor of Rome made taking a bath a crime punishable by death. Punishable by death. I will kill take you. A you take a take bath, a bath, I dare you. You're dead. Why are you Why? wagging your tail? That's not... Because you're paying attention to him. Okay, point is, take a bath, we'll kill you. Why, though, How does, does it say? No, that's all it says. It just says, okay, that's take a bath and you're dead? Okay, That's odd to me because Caligula historically is known for all of his crazy excesses. Well, that's crazy. But why would he say nobody take a bath? Because he liked being around... Okay, sorry, but he liked being around naked people. So why would he not want them to bathe? Maybe there was well, a water I shortage like, well, or something. I think that comes into conditional minds. Like, we're conditioned to take showers and baths all the time. Back in the day, that wasn't normal. Maybe he just liked that natural stink. Well, to them, that might not have been stink, is what I'm saying. To, <laughs> men, to them, that was normal. Yeah. Go. Go. I guess. Go. To them, that was normal. Go. Take a bath and I go. will kill you. Go, 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 Sorry, the dog go. is uh, wanting Thank attention. You. Clean getaway. I thought that was the last one. We're not ending on Caligula. Actually, this is it right here. This is okay, the last one. This is it. At a to at Honshu, Japan's Wakina Peninsula, guests can take baths in a cobble car as it crosses a deep gorge. Take a bath while you're in a car. Why would you want to take a bath while you're in a car? I don't know. Guys, that was the first episode. Thank you okay, for joining us on Ripley's Believe It or Christmas Not. Eve. It's Christmas Eve. We hope to see we will see you guys tomorrow. We're gonna to try that new wine. I think this went fantastic. We're gonna do everything. Uh, join us on this journey. It's gonna be amazing. Indeed. Babe, tell him tell him something. Something? Tell him a fact. I don't know. 
Oh my gosh. Well, we did all the Tell facts. a random one. Something you know. A random Anything something in your you head. know. A nurse fact. Say something. Hurry. A nurse fact? Hurry. Go. I don't know. I can't be put on Ten, the spot like that. Nine, eight, seven. Um, starfish have no brains. There you go. Starfish have no brains. Remember that. Okay. Have a wonderful night. Santa Claus is coming. Tuck your kids in. He's already on the way. He's on the way. Put out those milk and cookies.